Hey, welcome everybody to the Natural News Show. I'm your host, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, joined today by Suzanne Summers. She's the author of the book that you've all heard about. It's called Knockout, Interviews with Doctors Who Are Curing Cancer and How to Prevent Getting It in the First Place. She's joining us by phone today. Welcome, Suzanne, to the show. My pleasure. I love talking about this subject. It's great to have you on. Now, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your book? I know it's been a huge success, but what's in it exactly? Okay, I think that the reason that uh, my book, Knockout, jumped to number one on the New York Times bestseller list after only four days in the bookstore is that people are just starving for some new information, for other options, for hope in cancer. And at present, there is very little hope in the cancer world. So uh, having been diagnosed twice in my life, once uh, 10 years ago with breast cancer, and the second time uh, recently in November, I was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer that had metastasized throughout my entire body by six different doctors. I was told the only option I had was uh, to start chemotherapy that day. And uh, after a biopsy on the sixth day, it was a misdiagnosis. I had no cancer at all, but I went through actually a living hell for six days, and so did my family, thinking that if I had cancer that had metastasized throughout my entire body, I knew I had very little time to live. So on that one sense, it was profound because I think I know something that most people never get a chance to know, what it feels like to know you're about to die. And on the other hand, it was the most traumatic experience of my life because I was forced to confront my death and the idea of leaving the people I love most. But what came out of this that was good was um, I said to my husband at one point in the hospital, I have been keeping a file on doctors who are curing cancer. If I can get out of this hospital, I want you to take me to one of them. So when it turned out to be a misdiagnosis, I decided to pursue this. And I called these doctors. I interviewed their patients. I talked to hundreds of people. I interviewed um, science writers, PhDs, neuroscientists, uh, doctors who understood the cancer protective nature of hormones, nutritionists who understood how to keep the cancer-protective genetic switches turned on, even the scientific advisory board of life extension on if you're going to have chemotherapy, is there a way to make it less harsh and more effective? That's in this book. Integrative doctors are in this book, doctors who are oncologists who are also naturopaths and homeopaths so that they can give their patients nutrition. And what it came down to, what I learned was that there are only three kinds of cancer that respond to chemotherapy. Testicular cancer, like Lance Armstrong, childhood okay. leukemia, some lymphomas, including non-Hodgkin's. After that, chemotherapy is ineffective. And, you know, I was attacked by Dr. Otis Brawley of the American Cancer Society, said, we are extending life and we're making great strides, to which I said, where are your great strides? What, that you are extending life? Um, if by a matter of a few months with a horrible, degraded quality of life. Um, are you proud of that? I think it's time for all of us who raise money, marching, going to black tie fundraisers. We've thrown billions and billions of dollars at pharmaceutical companies and the FDA to find a cure, and it is it has failed. They do not have a cure. So what I'm asking people in Knockout is, uh, instead of walking into this chemo um, therapy that doesn't cure in almost all cases, that brings you to your knees, that wipes out your immune system, that even if you live through bouts of it, 
Um, according to Russell Blaylock, neuroscientist, he said chemotherapy gets into the DNA of every cell in the body. And what it does is it lies there. It looks like it's really worked for the cancer, for, for instance, breast cancer. It lies there like a smoldering glass fire. Now, if that patient never eats chemicals again, only eats organic food, sleeps without sleeping pills, has no stress, and manages their hormones, and exercises, and doesn't smoke, and doesn't drink, maybe that chemo chemical in the DNA won't ignite. But how many people live that kind of lifestyle? How many people are not going to, you know, live with, clean with, breathe in chemicals, fluoride in the water, um, aluminums, heavy metals, uh, cadmium, all these things that are part and parcel of everyday life. Exactly. And so what happens when these people have this smoldering grass fire in them? Dr. Blaylock said, we are seeing recurrences at the 10 and 12 mark, and when it ignites, it ignites as though you threw kerosene on this grass fire. It ignites with a vengeance, and that's why the recurrences are so um, life, well, people usually die from the recurrences. I'm just saying, if you, if you are diagnosed with cancer, which is very likely you or someone you know or love will be next year. Next year, cancer in 2010 will be the biggest killer in the world. Um, I fear for everybody walking into the present cancer protocol. It's going to make billions and billions of dollars for the industry, which is already a $200 billion a year business. It's going to bankrupt families. It causes expensive deaths. It emaciates people and they die anyway. Why not look into the options that are offered in Knockout, my book? Why not look into Dr. Brzezinski out of Houston? Why not look into Dr. Gonzalez out of New York or Dr. Forsythe out of, out of Nevada or out of any of the many, many doctors that I've listed in this book who are, have a different protocol that doesn't require harsh chemicals and degrading the body? For instance, Dr. Brzezinski in Houston who the FDA tried to put this man, this hero, in jail for 300 years because he dared to have a cure. Uh, and if, if it weren't for the over 5,000 cured patients of his who marched in front of the Houston courthouse with placards saying, he saved my life, don't take away my medicine, he saved my baby from a brain tumor, um, he, the lawyer brought these witnesses in. They weren't allowed to ask them if they were cured. They weren't allowed to say they were cured, but he would say, you were diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer how many years ago? 18 years ago. Thank you, sir. Uh -huh. You're diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer how many years ago? 12 years ago. Thank you, ma'am. And the, this spoke volumes. The jury acquitted Dr. Brzezinski, and Dr. Brzezinski is now has completed phase 2 clinical trials because he has identified that people with cancer always, always, not sometimes, always are missing a specific peptide and amino acid in their livers that control cell multiplication. If you stop cell multiplication, you stop cancer. Right. He's devoted his life to replicating this peptide, this amino acid. He puts it back in the patient, and the ca cancer goes away. And everybody? No. Nobody in alternative or, or orthodox has 100%. But he has a 60% success rate with the worst, most virulent Brain tumors like glioblastoma and medulloblastoma, who in oncology can say that? So if these are options because it's going to be probably every other person listening right now. You, you would think that with, with your book providing these kinds of options, just asking people to, to educate themselves, to learn more, that 
you would think that, that the book would be welcomed by the cancer industry, but no, it's been outrageously attacked. You know, you've been defamed by defenders of, on, of conventional oncology and chemotherapy. And you mentioned cancer is a $200 billion a year industry. Do you think that's the reason why they are trying to discredit your book that empowers patients? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, look at, look at what being an oncologist is. Well-meaning people. Good doctors. They go to medical school for all those years, essentially to learn how to administer these chemical poisons. If that's not the answer, if the answer lies in something that's maybe simpler, like a nutritional program or anti-neoplastins like Dr. Brzezinski, that means all that schooling is moot. They are going to fight this to the end. They would rather keep shoving these chemicals down people than to admit that their medical schooling was off track. The war on cancer is a dismal failure. If this was a military project, they, the people in charge would be fired. This is, it has failed. It's, it's, it's not working. I think we've been barking up the wrong tree. If after all these billions of dollars, they haven't found a cure yet with all that money, then they don't, they're, they're, they're clueless. I look at Dr. Gonzalez. Oh, they love to make fun of him out of New York. Right before Larry King, I called him up and I said, just so we have people online, can you give me the names of 10 of your patients with stage 4 pancreatic cancer who have been on your protocol 10 years or longer? Half hour later, he sends me all their names and their phone numbers so I can call all of them. Who in oncology can immediately come up with 10 names of stage 4 pancreatic cancer who are alive 10 years later who never had a drug? Yeah, almost so none. Yeah. You can, right. You can make a lot of fun of Dr. Gonzalez because of his nutritional program, but I have interviewed many, many, many of his patients. Most recently in New York, a 76-year-old woman, I interviewed her on Extra. She had stage 4 ovarian cancer. That's a death sentence. 17 years ago. Wow. She has been on Dr. Gonzalez's program. She said, I do everything Dr. Gonzalez tells me. And he says to me, if my patients will be compliant for life, the cancer won't bother them. He said, if you give cancer what it wants, it'll leave you alone. I said, what does it want? He said, it wants nutrition, which most bodies are not getting anymore. Uh-huh. And it wants a detox body, which most bodies are not detoxed. So he puts them on a heavy-duty nutritional program, great food. You know, I always call it under the aegis of can you pick it, pluck it, milk it, or shoot it. That means you can have butter, cream, sour cream, full fat cream cheese. You can eat like our grandparents ate who didn't get the kind of cancer we do. Just avoid unpronounceables and trans fats and hydrogenated anything and chemicals. And clean out your house. Get, the, get all the chemicals out of your house. Go back to what our mothers used to clean with, lemon and water and vinegar and water and mineral oil for polish. And my mother used to make some kind of concoction out of ivory soap and water real thick and she'd put it where the ants were coming in. They'd step on it, they'd hate it, and they'd leave. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Dr. Jonathan Wright, the other day I was telling him that I had a little ant problem in my home, in my bedroom in Palm Springs because my cat's cat food is out there and it's still hot there. And the ants come in and within minutes after I put the cat food down, it's like smothered with ants and I don't want to use any poisons. And I put boric acid on the floor and that didn't work. Dr. Wright said, oh, you know how to um, uh, get rid of all the ants? You put uh, any of the artificial sweeteners with aspartame in and around the food, <laughs> the sure. ants uh, 
hate it, they eat it, it, they die from it, and those who are able to get back to the nest take it back to the nest and they kill the rest of the nest. And I went, and we are using this in our coffee. Wow. <laughs> right. It sounds like you and I probably shop very much the same way. If we if we bumped into each other at a health food store, our carts would have many of the same things. I, I want to ask you, but there was big news this week in the U.S. government, the, the NCI-funded Cancer Intervention and Surveillance Modeling Network, announced that women under 50 should no longer receive mammograms and that even women over 50 should only receive them once every other year instead of once every year. This is a huge shift for the cancer uh, authorities, you might say. And, and in fact, the cancer industry is crying foul over it. They want women to have mammograms all the time, every year, even when they're younger than 50. What's your take on all this? You know, I have information so shocking and knockout about mammograms that I have been reluctant on television to even bring it up, hoping the reader would pick up on it, because to say anything negative about um, mammograms is going against the gold standard. So I was thrilled when I saw this report yesterday, although they're not being completely honest. Here's what I was told by Ralph Moss, who's a science writer, Ph.D., um, who had been... Uh, fired from Sloan Kettering because he wouldn't skew to positive information on the non-patentable drug Laetrile. Uh, he uh, has devoted his life to uncovering the truth about what's really going on in the cancer world. I also got the same information from the neuroscientist, Dr. Russell Blaylock, who just tells it like it is. Mm -hmm. Dr. Blaylock said to me, if I was a woman, I would never have a mammogram. I said, why? He said, if a woman starts at age 40 and has a mammogram every year, by the time she's 50, she will have increased her chances of breast cancer by 33% from the radiation exposure. He said the amount of radiation she picks up in 10 years from mammograms is akin to standing at ground zero when they dropped the Hiroshima atom bomb. This was, this was uh, reconfirmed by Ralph Moss, the PhD out of Stanford. Um, I said, why did it become the gold standard? And both of them said the same thing, because hospitals and clinics invested in the technology. They got the uh, American Cancer Society to sign on and, and approve this as the gold standard. So we women have been walking into this. Here's more. Dr. Blaylock said, he said, when I was in oncology school, we were taught that when you palpated a woman's breast and you felt a tumor, that you left it alone from that point on, because tumors are fragile inside the human body. He said, when they do a mammogram and they squeeze that breast together from the sides and from the, the bottom and the top, and if you've ever seen a mammogram, it is excruciatingly painful. They flatten your breast to a pancake. He said, we are breaking tumors in the mammogram process and causing breast cancer to metastasize from the mammogram itself. I said, well, then what are we supposed to do? He said, you have thermogram. If that heats up and we see any hot spots, he said, then you have an ultrasound. If you have an ultrasound and that shows any kind of um, shadowing, then you have an MRI. And I said, well, we can't afford MRIs. Insurance is not going to pay for MRIs. He said, they will if there's a grassroots movement that makes MRIs, which gives no radiation and a clearer picture, um, make that the gold standard and let's get rid of mammograms. So I saw this report as, as hopeful. But they're all they're, they're nobody's saying the real truth like what I just said to you as to what really. They don't want to open the Pandora's box that you mean a lot of the women who faithfully 
had mammograms, got their cancer from mammograms, and I faithfully had mammograms for 10 years. And when they found my tumor, they said, this tumor has been growing for 10 years, but it was against the back of the chest wall. It missed it every single time. And it was ultrasound that found my tumor. So mammogram didn't save my life. And the other thing that came out a week ago is that they are over-screening for breast and prostate. That's why they're saying don't do it so young because what they're finding, we all have tumors in us from time to time. If you just happen to be an unlucky one and you have a screening device that, that sees one of these teeny little tumors and then they immediately go to war and start you on chemotherapy and do the surgery, which cause metastasis right. for a little teeny tumor that on its own with good diet and nutrition and sleep and um, a lack of stress probably just shrink and go away. Uh, that's what they mean by over-screening. They find these teeny little things in prostates. They find these teeny little things in breasts and immediately harsh treatment begins and um, in the most cases these are for tumors that never needed to be treated in the first place. Then I asked Dr. Blaylock, I said, all right, I know that chemotherapy does work for three kinds of cancer. Testicular cancer like Lance Armstrong, childhood leukemia, some lymphomas including non-Hodgkin's. They have had success with that. Me, myself, were I to get one of those, I would still go alternative, but that's who I am. That's my personal opinion. What, but I'm looking at, this is why I called him one more, I'm looking at this morning television uh, talk show host. We know she had breast cancer last year. We watch her go through the adriamycin, the red devil, she lost her hair, you know, it was debilitating. But I said, now it's a year later, she looks fine. She looks like she's healthy again. He said, and I said, I'm looking at Melissa Etheridge, who um, had the same breast cancer and chemotherapy and everything, and she looks like she's living. He said, in many cases, these tumors that women had were tumors that didn't require that harsh treatment to begin with, so that when they survived the treatment, they go, see, it worked. He said, but back we're back again to, we don't know the, they're not reporting the kind of fatigue they're feeling, the body ailments that happen from chemicalizing your entire body. And he said, and we do know that the, the uh, chemotherapy gets into the DNA of every cell in the body and lies there like a smoldering grass fire. So the jury's out if there will be a recurrence. So they're over-screening. It costs a lot of money to treat these little tumors that might not have created anything in the first place. And we're finding that um, mammograms are actually dangerous. Do you ever think that 100 years from now that people will look back at this time and they will, they will scratch their heads and say, wow, the, this was the cancer dark ages. I mean, why were they poisoning people? Why were they irradiating women's breasts and heart tissues? How on earth could scientists have fallen for such a hoax? Right. What were we thinking, we will think? Even 20 years from now, we'll look back and go, what were we thinking? And how the doctors that I have in knock, knockout who are having success without chemicals are vilified and uh, abused and ridiculed. And, and I look at um, the present protocol of cancer and I think, what is crazier than pumping a body full of poison? Right. The drug that they wanted me to take nine years ago that I refused that caused such controversy is a, the breast cancer drug called adriamycin. The, they call it the red devil because it brings women to their knees. They lose their hair. It's a horrible poison. Last year, a report came out that adriamycin is ineffective 
in 92% of the women to whom it's been given. It only works for 8% of the women who have a particularly virulent cancer called HER2NU, NU. But now they've come out with a drug called Herceptin, which actually works better than adriamycin, which means adriamycin is 100% ineffective. As you and I speak, it's a billion-dollar-a-year drug. They are still administering this drug to women, and it does nothing, nothing but degrade them. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. I said to a reporter in Canada, she said, I had adriamycin. I said, now that you know this, doesn't it kind of piss you off? And she said, well, no, because without it, we wouldn't have you know, known. And I realized, once you've made the choice, um, you, have to, you have to hold on to the choice you made. And I, I get that. The, the attacks I get from certain people, I realize it's because they or loved ones have gone the chemotherapy route, They've, their loved ones have died, and everybody feels so guilty. What I say to everybody is, we do the best with the information we have at the time. But if you read Knockout, and Knockout for me is so much more about getting the information out than selling books. Sure. I've written a lot of books. This one is life-changing. It was for me. It's not Suzanne Summers saying anything about cancer. I'm a filter. I'm a messenger. I got to these people with my celebrity They are so forthcoming. They have a lot to say. And yes, one of the protocols includes coffee enemas. They like to make fun of Dr. Gonzalez. But I'm telling you, these patients look beautiful. They are healthy. Um, The one woman I talked to last week, 17 years, cancer-free. The other woman who was with her, 83 years old, had lung, liver, and anal cancer, stage 4. Started on conventional chemotherapy, said I couldn't take the torture anymore. Switched to Dr. Gonzalez's program 12 years ago. No chemicals. She's healthy. She's got a brain. She's sharp. Her skin looks great. Their systems are working great because they they're, have clean bodies. Well, I, you know, make fun of coffee enemas, but I'd rather to have a coffee enema any day than pump my body full of poison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned your, your celebrity status perhaps helped you get some access to the people so you could get this message out there. I want to ask you about that. There, there are many celebrities out there who use their, their status to, to take big money from the pharmaceutical companies, to, right. to go out and endorse drugs, to endorse you know, junk food, to endorse sports drinks laced with toxic chemicals, whatever, they, whatever the product happens to be. But you have chosen to leverage your celebrity status in a way that helps empower people with information that actually uh, you're being attacked for. How, right. how did you find the, the inspiration and the courage to, to take this path instead of choosing the easy money-making route of just selling out to, to Big Pharma? Not that you would ever do that, but other people have. I have been. I was offered uh, for one particular drug. I was offered $2 million as a starting offer. Probably could have gotten them up to $10 million. If I would just mention this certain drug when I was on the lecture trail, um, I said I can't be bought you know there's if you have the privilege of being a celebrity and it is a privilege I think you have to use it for the better good I look at celebrities who are pushing drugs for pharmaceutical companies and I say to myself have you researched this drug do you know what it does and positively and negatively do you really understand the chemical buildup in the body from taking this drug Do you understand the tipping point of all the -the over-the-counter, plus the pharmaceutical, plus the chemicals, 
plus the synthetic hormones, plus all the chemicals that we're taking in our body and that maybe this one more drug uh, throws the tipping point over to where your liver says, I give, and you've got a body full of cancer. So I think it's about being responsible and um, using your celebrity for the better good. And that's, that's what I've tried to do. And, you know, we've all heard kill the messenger. Uh, my message interferes with big business bottom line. I, you know, I'm sorry, but until, um, until what big business is doing is good for us and for the betterment of our health and mankind, then I think people have to speak out about it. Well, you've, you've done an amazing job of speaking out, and I want to tell you, you, you're an inspiration to not just women, but men everywhere who, who are looking for a voice of truth and honesty, giving them access to accurate options and information about cancer. So I've never lied to them. I've never lied to them, and really what inspires me are these people. They, uh, I, had, I just had a Suzanne Cruz. Uh, a health cruise uh, down to the Caribbean. It was interesting. Came men and women. Many people from Israel came, by the way, who want information on health. Who look around and go, people are not well. Young people, forty-year-olds, are looking at my age and the generation uh, ahead of me, saying, "I don't want what they have. How can I not have it?" And Dr. Blaylock said to me, "I fear in the next twenty years." We're going to have to have total care for 30 and 40-year-olds with dementia from toxicity because that generation has grown up with chemicals, for the most part, starting in the womb from well-meaning mothers who are drinking diet soda trying to do something good for themselves because of the right. <clears throat> lack of information. So the 40-year-olds are starting to smarten up and turn around, and they, in turn, probably will smarten up their offspring, and maybe I see hope there. I see for the 70-year-olds, we've been so, I'm not in this, I'm in the 60-year-old category, but the 70-year-olds have become so pharmaceuticalized that they're all ending up in nursing homes, and that is tragic. My generation, the baby boomers, we can catch it. I've caught it in me. We can still catch it and not end up with Alzheimer's, cancer, and heart disease and in nursing homes. So there is hope. There are options. We can turn the tide that you've got to get smart and connect the dots and ask yourself, with all the money going into cancer, do they have an answer? And the answer is no. So we're on our own, and let's look into these independent uh, doctors who are having success. All right, folks, the book is Knockout Interviews with Doctors Who Are Curing Cancer by Suzanne Summers. It's available at booksellers everywhere, including Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and many other places. Thank you, Suzanne, for taking the time to chat with us and share your, share your ideas. I so appreciate having the time to uh, pass this information on. You've been listening to The Natural News Show. Find more articles and information at naturalnews.com.